0: Hi, folks. Welcome to Episode 43 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money, tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. In the past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in 5 to 10 seconds, what to look for on a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. Today we have as our guest, Wendy Weiss. Wendy is known as the queen of cold calling. She is an author, speaker, and sales trainer and sales coach. She's recognized as a leading authority on lead generation, cold calling, and new business development. Clients typically get three times the number of qualified appointments they can schedule with a corresponding increase in sales revenue and a shortening of the sales cycle. Wendy, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Thank you for inviting me to be here today. You're welcome. Well, let's get right to it with some questions. Tell us what you do and why you do it.
1: Well, my company, coldcallingresults.com, we're a sales training consultancy, and we work with business owners, sales managers, have salespeople. They're either underperforming salespeople or they're new salespeople, and they want them to produce, and they do not want to have to micromanage them. And I do what I do because I know this is something that is so difficult for so many people, and this is a way that I can make a difference.
0: Terrific. Now, because my program is called Create Wealth with Purpose, meaning let's talk about charities. Is there a particular charity that you support? And if so, what is it they do?
1: Well, I support the Humane Society.
0: Oh, well, um, I think, I, yeah. Most, <laughs> if you don't know what the Humane Society is, you've been living under a rock. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have two rescue cats. They were rescued from a horrific situation. They were in a, a hoarding situation with like a dozen other cats and they were uh, rescued, and they're my family now. And so I think it's really important to take care of animals that can't take care of themselves.
0: Thank you. Thank you for what you do. We also have uh, two rescue dogs, and my wife and I donate to all sorts of different animal rescue organizations. So tell me, who are your target markets? We work with mostly B2B. Businesses for people who aren't familiar—that B two B is businesses that sell to other businesses. Okay, go ahead.
1: Okay, thank you for that clarification. And they have a, typically a small sales team, small mid sized businesses, and service professionals. We do a lot with people in insurance, commercial real estate, IT, SaaS uh, consultants. Typically, we're working with either an underperforming team or a new hire. And we teach a very simple three-step method that, on average, increases qualified appointments and sales by 73% without having to micromanage salespeople.
0: Oh, yeah. Without having to micromanage is great. And also, you use the term SaaS, which, in case someone doesn't know, is sales as a service. So,
1: software as a service. Oh,
0: Software. Oh, so yes. Yeah, software is it. That, see, that, that's the reason for <laughs> defining acronyms. Define everything. That's that's a good principle, actually. So let me ask you, what was your biggest failure, whether it was personal or business?
1: My goodness, you know, my first career, I was a ballet dancer. Ah. I, I was never supposed to be a sales trainer. Um, I was supposed to be a ballerina. And I always felt that I did not progress in my career. I danced in the Court of ballet, a couple of different ballet companies, but I always felt like I didn't progress in my career the way I should have. And, you know, here's the thing. When you're a ballet dancer, your career starts when you're really young, like 15 or 16. And we're so granular. We're like Triple or quadruple type A. And nothing is ever good enough Mm. because you can always, whatever you do, you can always be better. So I just never thought I was good enough. And that held me back. And what's really funny is when I started my business, I thought everybody would want to talk to me because I was an artist. So the point that I'm making here is your mindset. The, the way I thought, I wasn't good enough. It held me back. I didn't have the career that perhaps I might have had. But then when I started my business, I thought everybody wanted to talk to me because I was a former artist, which enabled me to start a business.
0: <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I'm i not quite following that uh, line of thinking, but I... I... I hear, but I'm not saying it made
1: sense. I'm not saying
0: it made sense. I'm simply saying
1: that's the way I thought about it.
0: I get it, and and that's (laughs) that's why I'm laughing because I failed high school math, and so I went into a career that had nothing that had only math. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that it's you know the irony of of situations. So what would you say your biggest insight was from not doing well enough? in what you wanted to be doing as a ballet dancer?
1: Well, it was that realization about mindset. When we're doing training with with clients and we don't focus on, uh, we don't say, now we're going to work on mindset, but it pervades everything that we do. Because there are so many people that just, they stand in their own way. And that I think that is the hardest thing in the world, just to get out of your own way so that you can do what you need to do. Because you can teach someone the skills that they need, but they need—they also need to be able to execute.
0: Yeah, they, and, yeah. It's like the old Henry Ford comment about uh, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Exactly. What would you say are the typical feelings your prospects experience? Well, our prospects
1: are very frustrated because they go into a sales meeting with the sales team and the the team isn't selling and all they're hearing are excuses that, well, you need a better website or we need to do more on LinkedIn or more social media or prospects aren't doing anything these days or you know, all, all they hear are complaints and excuses, and they kind of start to feel like they're losing their minds because <laughs> they, they know if they could just get in front of the right people, if their team would just get in front of the right people, they would be able to sell. And so that's the problem that we solve is we help sales teams get in front of the right people. I was just reading a study the other day that said about... 83% of new, newly hired salespeople are gone in three years. They're either let go, or they quit.
0: That, that sounds frightening. Are there sp- mistakes that the clients make when they're hiring salespeople? Is that why there's such a high failure rate? That's what I'll call it. Uh, absolutely. The
1: biggest mistake uh, that I see is a company will hire someone and they teach them every last thing about whatever it is they're selling, which could take a really long time. And then they say, go find some clients. And they don't have anything in place for that new salesperson to actually be able to go find some clients. And so step one, actually, we use uh, prospecting as a litmus test For whether or not a new hire will be successful, because you can teach a brand new salesperson to prospect and set an appointment, maybe for somebody else that knows what they're doing, but you can teach them to do that in a matter of months. It will not take years, the way it might to turn them into a really great salesperson that knows everything about the product or service, but you can teach them. We do our program uh, three months. By the end of three months, uh, they're either finding opportunities, or you know, this is somebody that will never pick up the phone and talk to strangers, and you don't need to keep them around for three more years (laughs) to find that out.
0: (laughs) So I'm hearing that one of the major mistakes is hiring a salesperson and not providing them the people or how to reach the people that they need to sell to. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Do you have a case study of a situation where that's what you stumbled into? And what did you do? And what happened? What was the result?
1: Yeah, well, we had somebody that came to us a couple of years ago. He, he was a brand new insurance professional. And uh, he learned everything that he needed to know as a commercial producer. And he learned everything that he needed to learn about commercial insurance. And he got all of his licenses. And his company literally said to him, go find some clients. <laughs> they said, go. And he just he didn't know how to go. And he, he found me. He found our program. He came to our program. Now, now, very, was
0: this the salesperson or the owner of the company?
1: The salesperson himself was oh. motivated enough to come to us. Mm. Usu- usually, it's the owner who's yeah. like really frustrated. In this case, it was the salesperson because he had a completely empty pipeline. He didn't have any clients. Uh, He was very frustrated. And, of course, he was worried about his future because he had an empty pipeline and no clients. Yeah. And he didn't know how to do it. And his manager was getting really frustrated with him. So he he found us and he he learned our our system. We teach a very simple step-by-step system what to do and what to say and how to say it, and when to say it. And he started making appointments. He started actually writing some really large accounts. And in a matter of of months, actually in six months, in six months he paid off $60,000 in college debt.
0: Mm, Wow. After he did the program. Uh, Now I'm thinking – that salesman should have referred you to a sales manager who sounds incompetent.
1: Well, I don't know if he was incompetent. We did,
0: we did well, the idea of setting someone out to go do something and not even telling them where to go doesn't sound like competence to me.
1: Well, you know, Rennie, there is this myth
0: about the born salesperson.
1: And the myth goes, there are these people, they're just born with the gift of gab, they're very charismatic, they get along with people, they're a people person, and they somehow just know what to do. And a lot of people believe this myth. (laughs) This is not true. You know, I was really lucky um, because when I was dancing, I needed a day job. And I got a job with a telemarketing agency that did business development. And they taught me this skill. Mm -hmm. And learning this skill enabled me to build a business. So I was really lucky. I am not a born salesperson. It's just like dancing. You know, a dancer may be born, someone may be born with a lot of talent or a lot of athletic talent. That doesn't mean they're going to the Olympics. (laughs) And if you're a dancer and you don't take your ballet class every single day, you're not getting
0: a job in the ballet company.
1: I, so I, it's same thing here.
0: I get it. And what I'm thinking is, you know, in my mind, hey, the company where the salesman came from should have been your next client. Yeah. But be that as it may, is there a valuable resource that you can direct our listeners to that, you know, if they're facing this?
1: Absolutely. That is the business owner's guide, scheduling more qualified appointments. When their prospects are all completely freaking out, and I wrote it a, a nice short uh, title. Yes, go ahead. A nice short title uh, for the circumstances in which we live these days, and uh, it is twelve steps to follow to increase sales.
0: Now, okay. You know what? I'll put the URL because it looks kind of long in our in the uh, show notes, mm-hmm. so people can just click on that. And is there a question that? I should have asked you that would give uh, some great value to the audience. And obviously, uh, besides the question, what would the answer be?
1: Sure. Well, the question would be because I mentioned before our simple three step method. Yes. And a simple three step method that on average increases qualified appointments and sales by 73% without having to micromanage salespeople. So, I believe that everything I know in life, business, life, I learned in ballet class. This is what I learned in ballet class. Warm up. The first thing you do if you are a dancer is you warm up so that you do not hurt yourself. So what that means for your salespeople is you don't want them winging it. They don't know what they're doing, especially if they're brand new. So, you need to have a, a system in place that you can plug them into. A system that you know that works. That's the warm up. We we have in ballet you start at the bar. That's B A R R E, <laughs> and uh, you know we have yes. there's a certain way you warm up so you don't hurt yourself.
0: Yeah, same as thing. To to your... kicking back uh, uh, <laughs> a, a little shot glass. I get it. Okay,
1: exactly. B A R R E. So we start at the bar. Your salespeople need to have a system that they can use to warm themselves up so they're not winging it, so they don't hurt themselves, and you. The second thing I learned in the second step in the three-step method is rehearse. When you're a dancer, you have a performance coming up, you don't just run out on stage and start dancing. You've been rehearsing for months. And what happens when you do the same steps in the same order? You know, you, you practice the choreography every single day for hours on end. You're building muscle memory. Muscle memory is automatic memory. You do the same thing over and over and over again until it just becomes a part of you. And, you know, all high performers do this, um, they practice. And so your salespeople, again, we don't want them winging it. And information alone is not enough. They need to practice so that they internalize, so they get that automatic muscle memory. So when a prospect says, ah, I don't have the budget, they don't go, "Uh," they have an answer.
0: Now, would that be similar to, well, I'm thinking of either role-playing or practicing on real prospects. Uh, would it yes. be role playing?
1: Yes, we do, we do a lot of role oh, playing. Okay. And the other thing I recommend is once they have a handle on the system, we have people put together a low priority prospecting list
0: to mm-hmm. practice on. Ah, uh, got it. So, in other words, if they goof up with the, the person who's a low priority, it's not that big a deal.
1: Exactly. You don't want them goofing up with their, the most important lead that. You're like, that's our wish list. We want to work with that company. You, you, not that. Got it. You know. And then the third step of the three-step system, we have warm-up, rehearse. The third step is that's when you perform, when you've done your warm-up and you've done your rehearsal. And people, business owners, they talk about their salespeople. They, they have call reluctance. Well, you know what? Call reluctance is like stage fright. I've been there. You're standing in the wings. Your heart is pounding. Your palms are sweaty. But you hear your music and you get on stage. But because you've done your warm-up and your rehearsal, it's just automatic. You do what you have to do. And you do it well because you've done your warm-up and you've done your rehearsal. Call reluctance is like stage fright. And what I have seen over the years I've been doing this is when people learn a very simple system, they know all the answers, they know what they're going to do, and they practice so they have that automatic muscle memory, then they're able to do what they need to do and be really good at it. And then after the performance, I can't tell you how many mornings after the performance, you go to the rehearsal the next day, and the director says, okay, we we have to fix this, and we have to fix this, and we have to fix this. But you know what? That's what makes you better. Yeah. So when people, got people, they're, they're making their calls, they're prospecting, they're setting appointments, you can then work with them to make them even better. Exactly. So that's my three-step model. Warm up, rehearse, perform.
0: Thank you. I love my last question, which is, what should I have asked you? That's <laughs> where I get the best answers. Thank you, Wendy. Ah, And My pleasure. Thank you, Wendy, for being on the show. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform, and please rate, review, and subscribe. If you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page Roadmap to Complete Financial Choice, and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.